Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Finally, after six episodes of 90 Day Fiance, Michael and Angela are back. It felt like they never even left. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Reality Bites podcast. It's Megan and Jay. Last night's episode, man, K1 or K done. But before we get to that, Jay, tell me about your weekend. Weekend was good. Went to go see some holiday lights with the kids, and we had high school championship football originally, and that was a Don't fun time. Don't remind me. And That's part of the reason I'm in such a bad mood right now. We had to work on Saturday, and then remember how short I was with you on the phone? I was like, yeah, 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 Jay, I get it. I have to be somewhere at noon. Yes, I remember. <laughs> well, my neighbors moved on Saturday, and I got roped into driving their moving truck because oh, wow. my neighbors are man-children and can't, couldn't drive. <laughs> Drive their own truck. <laughs> and listen, I have moved cross country four times and okay. I have driven 26 foot moving trucks, hauling my SUV behind it, only almost took out a couple of gas pumps. But beyond <laughs> that, I feel like I was a truck driver in a former life. I feel like I may have missed my calling. I should be driving trucks. I just feel so comfortable behind the wheel. Uh, so after we worked Saturday morning, then I spent the rest of my day moving, which has got to be one of the worst ways to spend a Saturday. And then yesterday, I committed a cardinal sin. Would you like to guess what I did yesterday? Oh, wow. You bet against the Patriots in football? No. Okay. I took a three-hour nap late in the afternoon. I woke up. It was 7 o'clock last night. It was pitch black outside. I was like, oh, dear God, what have I done? Sunday naps are the worst. If you can't do it. And I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and I was like, oh, my God, I just woke up from a three-hour nap. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? She's married with two kids, and like having that kind of time is unheard of to her. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you're single and live alone. You can do whatever you want whenever you want. Well, good on you. Yeah. So anyways, I was wide awake for 90 Day Fiance last night because I had just woken up from my three-hour nap. And here we go. Michael and Angela returning. We can only assume it's been a few months since we last checked in with them. They were on 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Throughout that season, we saw Angela in Lagos for a second time, her second trip over there to spend time with Michael. Then at the end of the season, Michael was still in Nigeria. She showed up to the tell-all, guns blazing, ready to, to be combative. Right. Wound up getting into a physical altercation with Avery's mom, yelling at Rebecca, picking on Avery. It was a whole thing. She left the show early. Yep. And so here we pick up where Michael's visa interview is approaching, determining whether or not they will get the K-1 visa and he will be able to come to the united states right now first thing we see is angela getting botox i've always wanted to get botox because i do want to look as fresh as i can and maybe a little younger okay a lot younger <laughs> all right come here turn towards me oh god i'm done oh god holy i'm getting botox to impress my fiance michael Okay, first of all, she's being overdramatic. It is not that bad. 
<laughs> and not to be super judgmental, but here's a lady who claims that she is supporting her mother, her daughter, her six grandchildren, living in a house that does not appear to be all that well taken care of in southern rural Georgia. She was nice enough to go ahead and uh, set up the slip and slide. Was that a real slip and slide or was she just spraying water on like a tarp and the kids were just like sliding around tomato, on it? Tomato, tomato. Okay. But I will say Botox is not cheap. And so she's getting Botox and she's got, I don't know if you noticed, she had a, her manicure, her nails done. And I guess I just kind of like, I know she's getting paid for doing the show. That's true. She's now been on it multiple seasons. Correct. So that's probably helping out financially a lot. The K-1 visa is an expensive process, but you look at like, the way she lives and i guess i don't quite understand the decision to spend that much money you know i don't have eight people to support right. so if i want to go get some botox with my groupon and i got it half price <laughs> and you know what i mean i mean i feel like i can't even really afford it but i look at her and i'm like well i know she can't afford it it is a weird disconnect and also i was kind of surprised when she said that she was financially responsible for the eight people in her house and i thought her daughter was like a medical technician or a medical assistant or something i guess scholar doesn't do maybe she does work but maybe she lives lives in the house and helps take care of the six grandkids. I mean, somebody had to watch them while Angela was in Nigeria. That whole story, I don't want to get too dark. Right. But, you know, the reason Angela's taking care of the six kids is because her other daughter, Scotty, is in prison. Exactly. And so maybe Skyla does work a little bit, but for the most part, it's the two of them taking care of everything. But Angela definitely made it sound like she is right. the sole provider. And then bringing Michael over, that's another person she's going to have to support financially. Exactly. Be able to work until he gets his green card and yeah and then once he gets his green card what is he gonna do that's the big question mark because as far as we know we have no idea what michael does for work there's been no kind of inclination of him doing any kind of work or what kind of schooling i mean obviously he's educated he speaks very well and all that kind of stuff but there's been no kind of indication of he's gone to school and he has these skills or he could do this when he gets to the u.s just nothing so all of a sudden we go over to lagos nigeria where we're catching up with michael ahead of his k-1 visa interview and he's at some sort of like expat brunch like this is where i need the show to at least explain to us how he knows these people because we have never seen them before it was just weird yeah that he just met these people and he's having lunch with them and it's almost like a little sit-down meeting almost like a book club like yeah. hey every week we get yeah. together and we just the most i can figure is that it was some sort of meetup right yes. it's like a little group of people who are all living in lagos but they're from other places and he must have joined this group somehow but give us explain that a little bit because i'm sure angela wouldn't appreciate that because those girls were pretty by yeah. the way they were very very pretty girls First thought was, uh oh angela must not be seeing the skype of this well and when she sees it on tv <laughs> i don't think she's going to be too happy but you've got this american girl who has apparently been living in lagos for a while and then you've got these two other girls one of them i know was british living in lagos and there was a guy and, and another he girl had said an american accent the other girl said that she was born and raised in california the but they're made, all just living in nigeria the one who made broad sweeping assumptions about the south which really got me upset but yeah that, that well listen on some level they weren't completely wrong about how different it's going to be than probably what he expects but we have michael sitting down with these people and their reaction is pretty much all of us from day one like have you thought about you know what you're going to do for work the immigration process it's there are stages so it's going to take a, a while of gets a job at least I, because I don't like depending on women. Of course, of course. Yeah. No, as, as a Nigerian man. Yeah. 
I mean, my woman, she's a very hardworking woman. Sure. Despite her age, she's, she's very hard job. How old is she? Yeah, she's 53. 53? How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. Okay, so there's a 20 year age difference. So she's 50, you can't have of course, children. Of course, I want children. You do? Oh, so yes. how do you plan on, but you, will you adopt? You're marrying an no, older no, no. woman. Probably via IVF. Do you know you how expensive that is? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I know, even... of course, I know, we've talked about this. Like, wait a minute, so she's 53? Okay, so how are you gonna have kids? Okay, well, you realize that IVF is insanely expensive, right? Okay, so you want her daughter to donate the egg, <laughs> and then your 53-year-old fiance is gonna carry the baby? Like, they were just dumbfounded, I think breaking this down and he sits there and I do start to question whether or not he has any idea what he has signed himself up for. Well, I was a little disappointed that he didn't go ahead and defend her vagina a little better because as we all know, she has an impeccable vagina. He should It's not. It's a uterus. Her oh, uterus. <laughs> Jay, I cannot speak to the state of Angela's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different body parts, Jay. <laughs> You're right. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, so he's sitting there and he's having brunch with these people. And, you know, Michael has made up his mind that he is coming to America. Mm-hmm. And I think he has idealized what life in the United States is like. And while I I agree with you, I don't like what they said and how they said it. I think the message was just more like, OK, but you do realize that that you could face things that you're not ready for, that you're not expecting and that this could very well be a reality for you once you get there. So I don't necessarily think they were intending to be as offensive as they kind of were in stereotyping the South. But but that just shows you too what the view of the South to the outside world Absolutely. actually is. So anyway, so Michael is headed to his visa interview and Angela pretty much tells him, like, if this doesn't go well, we're done. Yeah. And Michael seems to be like, oh, it's okay. If it doesn't work, I will just do it the other way. Yeah. And she's like, no, <laughs> that's she's not living in Nigeria. Although Angela living in Nigeria would be a show in and of itself. It would be a show in itself. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I'm guessing he will get approved for the visa. I'm guessing he will come to Georgia. And that's where the show is going to have see this is where the show is going to have to continue their storyline because michael arriving in hazelhurst georgia (laughs) and seeing what his life is actually going to be like i think is is he's in for a rude awakening uh moving on to blake and jasmine oh boy our favorite blonde robot of a human being (laughs) she's warming up a little bit i mean there was like one or two scenes where i think i saw her smile (laughs) but the big issue now is they have checked out of their hotel and they are going to blake's parents apartment and blake says his parents have a two-bedroom apartment but they have purchased a house and when they move into their house blake and jasmine will take over the apartment but he doesn't know when that's going to be apparently there was some miscommunication somewhere right and blake thought that he and jasmine were moving into the second bedroom and blake's parents go no 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 (laughs) blake jasmine can we see you guys for a short conversation okay all right how's work Oh, it was fun. Hi, How you nice doing, to meet you. Very nice meeting you. Finally. Yeah, you as pretty as you said you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, you know, really have a lot of time, but basically I came home understanding and exactly what was going to take place with, um, you know, with the situation with the living arrangements. There was um, miscommunication yeah. that we didn't have clear on our part. On what? On um, as far as um, you and Jasmine being here. And maybe it's my misunderstanding or whatever, but you and Jasmine, you know, can't live here together. 
you know, under the same roof. But shackling together? Absolutely not. We're not having that. You already know how we feel about as far as religion is concerned. Mm -hmm. And in a Christian family, that's not what you do. That's what not what we do. Now, here's the one thing I'm going to point out, because we do this a lot on the podcast. These double standards of like, oh, you guys can't live together because we're religious people and we don't believe in cohabitation, you know, living together premaritally. But I don't know if you noticed this. When Blake was giving Jasmine the tour of the apartment, there was a really nice liquor cabinet stocked full of liquor. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, so that's okay, but you draw the line on this. I mean, if you're going to walk the straight and narrow, walk the straight and narrow. Yeah, I mean, if I was, you know, overly religious like that, I would definitely have a problem with the double standard, as you said, of, hey, premarital fornication and living together is uh, not okay, but, you know, alcohol and other stuff is okay, but... I mean, look, it's 2019. I don't understand, though, if they won't allow them to live there together, why Blake and Jasmine don't just go stay with the brother... That's exactly what I thought. ...until they get married. So, obviously, uh, the parents say, well, Blake, you can stay with your brother, and Jasmine Jasmine can stay stay with us, which is super awkward. Either way, it was going to be awkward. Or Jasmine's sister lives, like, three blocks away. Just go stay with your sister. (laughs) Right. I don't... Yeah, so there's something about this that I was just like, this makes no sense. But yeah, at he all. could. They could have stayed with the brother together. They could have stayed with some friends. Like, hey, can we crash in your extra room or whatever your couch for like 30 days or 15 days, a couple weeks, and then just kind of do that because it's only going to be about 90 days until they're official. Right. And then we did start to see a little bit of tension between them though because Jasmine's acting all annoyed that well, why didn't you take care of this beforehand? And he's like, well, if you had come when I had told you to come, right. this wouldn't be an issue. You were the one who insisted coming early. early. And that's why all of this is happening. So that brings up a good question. Are you able to kind of schedule out your 90 days when you get approved for the K-1 visa? I think from the time you get it, you have to book your flight. I mean, I don't think it's something that you can necessarily put off for a few months. I think it's, and I don't know because I never went through the process, but my understanding is that from the day you are given your K-1 visa, you need to get on a plane and get over pretty quickly it just made me wonder because if she's saying well or if he's saying well we i want you to come a little bit later when things would have been a little more you know worked out where we wouldn't have these issues it directly relates to sinjin and tanya who has this trip planned and i thought to myself well why didn't they just wait like an extra 60 days before they started their 90 days so she would have already done her trip and come back well and that's why i don't think you have a choice once you get your k-1 visa i think you just have to go because otherwise like you said why wouldn't he just wait until she finished her training in Costa Rica, which leads us to Tanya and Sinjin, who are both 29 years old. He's from South Africa. She lives in Connecticut. He has arrived in Connecticut, has only been there for a couple of weeks, and she is getting ready to leave for 30 days out of their 90 days to do this witch doctor training program in Costa Rica. (laughs) I think it's called herbal healing or something. Unpopular opinion. Yes. A lot of the couples that we've seen on this show, like Mike and Natalie, Mm -hmm. they have spent very little time together in person. It's been like a trip to the Ukraine to meet for a few days, a trip to Paris where they got engaged for a few days. You know, they haven't spent a lot of time together outside of the actual getting engaged 90 days together. Right. Here you have Tanya and Sinjin, who basically lived together for four months in person Mm -hmm. 
prior to him coming here. So with the four months that they've already spent together, plus the 90 days, minus 30 that she'll be gone. That's a lot of math that, in this podcast. Hear me out. I'll simplify it. That still gives them six months that they've been together in person, which is a lot more than a lot of the other couples. So is it really that big of a deal that she's leaving for 30 days? <laughs> oh, you're going that route I with mean, me. listen, she's not my favorite character, but what I am saying is that as a couple, they have spent more time in person together than most of the other couples. So in that regard, her leaving, it's not like they met, like Robert and Annie, they met for eight hours <laughs> and now they have 90 days and she's leaving for 30. They lived together for four months prior to all of this. So yes, I think you're absolutely right that it has very little bearing on them kind of getting to know each other and their personality quirks. It has a whole lot to do with the fact that he knows no one in this country yes. and that he can't work. He doesn't really have a real mode of transportation that he just has nothing but her mom who doesn't seem like she is all that thrilled to have him in well, the she's not the warmest right most nurturing person you know like if he had some friends like they had a friend group or base i guess maybe he could call the uh, girls from new york who she was hanging out with <laughs> for a Tanya's little bit sister and brother-in-law i mean there was a guy right right and, and if- maybe if you know they had shown that more through the episodes that okay she's trying to make an effort to make sure that he kind of connects with him so they can spend some quality time so i'm certain that 30 days they probably will at some point but they definitely set it up to be like she's abandoning him and he's going to be living in a shed in the backyard he doesn't know anyone he doesn't work he has nothing to do and is going to be twiddling his thumbs right um <laughs> but i will say sinjin very ballsy on tv driving her car unless he has already gotten his driver's license yeah that's true i mean <laughs> i was like I uh, about that. should he be doing that well, i mean internationally though you can drive internationally can't you i don't know i mean i know i could rent a car overseas but i don't know if the opposite is true here if you could just come here with like an id from south africa and get a driver's license i don't i don't exactly know how that works like i've seen in the airport where it's like international drivers people from canada and stuff like that or mexico and you drive like i think it's okay it's all okay unless you get pulled over basically that's right that's my unless you wreck the car (laughs) that's my outlook on things it's all okay until you get caught yeah i don't know and i'm sure there's a big difference too between renting a car and having insurance through a rental car agency like if he just got pulled over and didn't have an american driver's license he could i would guess get in trouble but she is getting ready to leave and as annoying as she is they seem to very much be kind of upset about the fact that they you know he's like crying at the airport very emotional and he gave her that cute little sugar whatever the whatever the story is behind the a lot a lot i love you a lot a lot thing he's been holding on to that because it's been 24 days since they've been there and he hasn't given it to her yet so he was holding that like a little knew she was leaving for this 30 days this is this to me is not something that popped up out of nowhere right this is something they both knew was going to be happening that he was okay with that she was okay with that they had already talked about and so i think he probably (laughs) was saving it for this moment because he knew this was coming i believe they talked about it i believe that she was okay with it i don't believe he was ever okay with it but we all know how tanya is so there wasn't much he could do about it she people have made up their minds about her she is the villain of this season (laughs) because she is she's very bossy and it's weird to me how she's almost 
proud of the fact she thinks it's like cute and charming that she's so bossy and type A and in charge. But I look at her and I don't see a strong, empowered female the way I think she wants us to believe that she is. I think it's a lot of self-consciousness behind her kind of authoritative attitude. Insecurity, like, insecurity maybe fueling yes. that. Right. Because it doesn't feel genuine. genuine and authentic. It definitely comes across very like, this is who I want to be and this is who I'm going to say I am. But there is a disconnect there somewhere. There's a lot of nervous laughter that kind of gives it away sometimes, I feel like. Where she's like, <laughs> All right, up next, let's do Michael and Juliana. Oh, uh, Michael, the millionaire on a budget. The millionaire on a budget <laughs> who takes every opportunity that he can to remind us that he has money and lives in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah, but every time there's an opportunity to spend it, it's always like, oh, that's okay. I mean, that seems a little pricey. I don't know if that's I mean, what we should be spending money on I right mean, now. I mean, I have the money, trust me, but... Yeah, so they are in the process of planning their wedding. They have moved into this house. They have hired wedding planners. It's crunch time. 90 days is not a long time to plan a wedding. I know people who spend a year planning a wedding. Absolutely. So here we're kind of coming down to the wire and sure enough, I was kind of surprised that they decided to get married in their backyard. Me too. And I was kind of, I wasn't surprised. I thought it was a brave move on the uh, wedding planners because they were asking what can we kind of look to expect as the cost of this. And they're like, oh, it could be anywhere from, you know, they added it up and it came up to like maybe 40 to 60,000 with the add up. But then they said anywhere between 50 to 100,000. That seems like a really broad window. So in Connecticut, we're dealing with a lot of money, obviously. A lot of times it's second weddings. Um, I'm feeling on that. There's age gaps in this area, definitely. <laughs> so obviously the sky is the limit with these things. Like there's weddings in Greenwich that you know are yeah. a quarter of a million dollars. So are we thinking to stay within a budget? Is there a number that kind of like? Well, uh, good question. We don't necessarily have a budget, but you kind of want a ballpark of what things are going to cost. Yeah. So our fee is around ten thousand. Catering, we're probably talking around fifteen thousand dollars. Rentals, I would say you're probably going to be in like 12 rent range for rentals. So overall, probably in the fifty dollars to $100,000 range. Okay, first thing, when she said our fee is $10,000, I'm like, I'm in the wrong business. Absolutely. Like, I should be doing what they're doing because I can throw a party. <laughs> uh, so Michael and Juliana still now having this dynamic that very much highlights the fact that she is a young, poor Brazilian girl and mm -hmm. that he is a wealthy, powerful business owner and we finally kind of start to see a little bit this he being annoyed with her because he finally he addresses the fact that she bought a car on his credit card. Right. He was talking about how, like, why would you do that? And seemed very angry. Remember, we've said all along, he seems like he has some real suppressed Hint anger and rage type stuff. And when he was at the jewelry store and he first found out that she had bought the car on his credit card, he didn't really react. And now all of a sudden we're saying and be like, why would you do that? And it's like, well, there's the reaction that we all knew was in there. In the last episode, they were sitting down at dinner. And she did say, you can be pretty mean sometimes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what? what are you talking about? She's right. like, you know, about cars and stuff. And it didn't really kind of make sense at that point. But now it makes much more much sense. Much more More sense. clarity has come to light. So next thing we know, we have Michael's ex, Sarah, showing up, bringing a bag of dog food over like <laughs> 
I like Sarah. I'm, yeah, I do too. But when she said, why don't I get ordained and marry you guys? I thought, okay, she knows something about Michael that Juliana doesn't. And she just wants a front row seat to the <laughs> show. Like she's she like, let me, I'll marry you guys. How about this? <laughs> like she finds this entertaining and extremely humorous. She really does. It's amazing. And then here comes the idea of a prenuptial agreement. This is sort of an uncomfortable conversation, but I wouldn't be a good mom if I didn't ask. You know, uh, I was just wondering if you have any future plans to ensure that the kid's financial well-being is secure and taken care of. This is a huge step, and so I, I do want to have some prenuptial agreement. It was very curious to me, out of nowhere, Sarah uh, asked about the idea of a prenuptial agreement, in all honesty. When Sarah and I were married, we had nothing, less than nothing. There was no reason to talk about prenuptial agreements. Yeah, but suddenly, uh, fast forward, and got a couple kids, worked hard, I've got stuff. It is something that's been on my mind. Like, the easy way to explain. You're good on that. Prenuptial agreement. Prenup prenuptial agreement is before you get married. It's a premarital agreement about what should happen if something should go wrong in our marriage. What happens if there's divorce? You know, how does that affect assets and things and stuff? I think something that is, you need to sit down at the table and talk about me and you, because I don't I don't get it. No. I got it, yeah. yeah. You have to be patient, a little patient. I had no idea what you were saying, so. Okay, yeah, I got you. I have never heard about the pre-nush agreement. Which I think anybody watching the show would be like, well, of course he's going to get a prenup. She's 20 years old. It kind of surprised me that she acted like she just had no even inclination well, of how that would work. That's that's the kicker. Acted like. Right. You Don't tell me you've never heard of a prenuptial agreement. Don't tell me in the two years that you've dated this guy, one of your friends hasn't been like, oh, is he going to make you sign a prenup? I feel like it's 2019. Right. Even if you don't live in the United States where prenups are are a common practice. Absolutely. You've at least heard of them, right? A prenush? What is it? A prenush? A prenush, a prenush agreement? What? <laughs> it's like, all right. I, I don't speak think Portuguese, she's, so I don't understand this. I don't think she's as naive or inexperienced as she portrays. Absolutely. And I, in fact, I think she uses her age and background and upbringing almost a little bit as a manipulation tool. It's like, oh, well, I didn't know. I didn't know you can't. Girl. I didn't know you can't put a car on a credit card. I mean, I had to steal food from my neighbors because we didn't have any food. You know what I mean? Like and we I didn't like, have a wall. Yeah, I feel like even when they were sitting down with the wedding planner talking about whether or not her family was going to be showing up, you know, Michael even mentioned the fact like, oh, we helped her. Oh, sister get hearing aids? Yeah, the one who's driving the Uber? Or is it a different sister? Yeah, seriously. That, that raises some real to know concerns. Some but it does sound like he has helped her family quite a bit and she making it sound like oh my family just wants you know they just see money from him and i don't i wish i could give that to them but but that's right they can't just use michael for that but at the same time i feel like that that she's that's exactly what that's why she bought a car on his credit card for her sister and really so, i mean any I, I know a lot of people who would want their family to be there for their wedding if they could if they had the means a lot of people when they get married especially everybody they want can't be there she and, definitely made it sound like she didn't really want them there right because and, that, and, and michael 
people even said, you know, they're going to be looking around at all the money that we're spending on this wedding and they're going to be thinking like, oh, that could buy us a new house in Brazil or that could that could be groceries for the next six months. But at the same time, I definitely think she's kind of playing both sides a little Absolutely. bit. I don't know a woman who wouldn't want her mom and her dad if, you know, they're both available to right. be at her wedding. Or at least the sister who right. she apparently cares enough about to buy a car for and give <laughs> like, hearing aids to. Some stuff isn't adding up. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Up next, Anna and Marcel. Oh, boy. Now, okay, all along, you have been a staunch Marcel supporter. You, He has been one of your favorite characters. Is, is, is that still the case? So one of my first things I wrote on my notes was, Joey's a jerk, her son. Or he's acting like a jerk. I won't say he he's is a jerk. Child, he's a child, though. So he's acting like a jerk. Kids can act like jerks. I've okay. spent a time on a field trip. Kids can act like a jerk. Sure. But Marcel really needs to kind of step it up. He can, step it up. He can make it oh so simple by just telling his parents, hey, you know what? I'm in love. I'm getting married to this American. She has three kids from previous marriage. The man died in a terrible accident. And so now... I put the poll on Twitter. Whose side are you on? Anna's kids or Anna and Marcel? 91% of the vote said Anna's kids. I mean, just imagine. Just try to put yourself in that position for a second. This is your mom who has brought over a guy to live in your house that you have never met before. He doesn't speak any English. He's rude. He keeps making negative comments about the way you live. Everything. And Anna even says, well, like, Joey's not giving him a chance. Why should Joey give him a chance? That's my question. Marcel hasn't done anything to show her children that he is ready to step in and be a stepfather. And like it or not, that's exactly what he would be stepping in to do if, in fact, they go through with this wedding. And I've about had it with her because it's so hard for me to watch a female putting a guy that she met on Facebook over her children. And I feel like she's really not doing a good job of trying to make this an easy adjustment for her kids. It's like, oh, here's this guy from Turkey who hasn't told his family about you and has no intention of telling his family about you, can't talk to you, doesn't speak the language, is is rude about everything about the way we live, doesn't like anything here. Like, why should the kids like him? Because he loves bees that's not an acceptable answer for me i think i just this story which started out so promising is looking more and more like it was just not a great idea and it is time to and like she keeps saying i love marcel i have not seen any physical affection between them there does not really besides that scene where they were beekeeping and she was trying to turn it into some like sexual thing you don't see them holding hands hugging kissing well i think that's also part of Marcel's religion because he's muslim and he that one time in the beekeeping outfit when she kissed him he was like hey hey oh wait a minute kind of like hey we need to wait we're not married yet i don't buy i don't buy it i think it's day 56 so they're real close they got a month left they are trying on tuxes and she's trying on wedding dresses we see a preview for the next episode where it looks like she's at her bachelorette party and her friend is like you can still say no and she should say no and she should send him back to turkey i feel like we're not seeing all of the joey antics quite yet and i feel like i feel like it is a major part of Marcel. he is the adult in the situation and like i said if he just tells his parents right that her husband is dead and that she's a widow parents will probably take pity and be like oh the poor well, widow that makes more sense 
<laughs> I don't know. This 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 is a couple that I thought were weirdly adorable in the beginning, and now I'm done with them. And I think the best thing for all of them to do is to just <laughs> everybody go to their separate everyone corners. Everyone just you know, kids go to your room. Anna <laughs> go to therapy. Marcel go back to Turkey, and like let's just call it a day. <laughs> Although I have to say, I do not dislike Marcel as much as I dislike Sasha. <laughs> Here we have Sasha and Emily, our last couple who seemed, again, like a couple who spent a lot of time together prior to getting engaged. I mean, they have. She's been there for years. Yep. She's been living in Russia. They met very organically at the gym, started working out together. He was training her. She was teaching him English. Seemingly, him having two kids and two different baby mamas, not as bad as Robert having five kids by four different women. By the way, we didn't hear from Robert and Annie or Mike and Natalie at all last night. No. I don't like it when the show does that. Give us just a, just give me a 30, 60 seconds so they're at least included somehow. They should, but they worked in Angela and Michael, and so that took up a lot of that space. Did. That was that was that was Boardwalk <laughs> Real Estate last night on 90 Day Fiance. But here we have Emily and Sasha. They have finally, everyone has their visa, because in the last episode, we found out that Sasha didn't apply for it when David was first born, and right. had he have done it when she told him to, they would have already been in the United States. get his passport and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, right. So it is now time to go. It is they are packing up and first of all, that baby is a chunker. He's a huge I baby. wanted to take a bite out of that little baby leg. I'm like, oh, I just want to bite it. <laughs> but we have Sasha who is clearly not real thrilled about the impending move. Or interested, it seems like. He's or just kinda interested. like eh. eh, whatever. I'll just take a couple of t shirts. The moment last night that sent Twitter into a frenzy is when she's going through all of the clothes that she brought to Russia and she's trying to figure out what to pack and what to leave behind and what she should keep and what she should donate. And she pulls out this pair of pants and she says to Sasha, I don't know if I should take these. I can't even pull them up anymore. And his response. These pants, they're really tiny. I can't even pull them up right now. Take this will be your motivation. Before I was pregnant, I was really slim and I had a lot of self-confidence, but now I have a post-baby body and I haven't really had the time to work it off. And everyone's like, oh my God, is he really making comments about her fitting back into pants when she just had a baby? It is becoming very obvious to me that Sasha is definitely not really been truthful about what has happened in his first two relationships. All of a sudden we had the ex-wife saying, oh, well... I thought we were good, and then he left me for mm-hmm. wife number two. Where that's not the story that he told Emily. Right. And then we saw the baby being born, and him admitting that he wasn't there for the birth of his first two kids. And and then we have Emily saying that he spends five hours a week with the baby, and they go for this walk, and he's being a dick. And then <laughs> now it's time to move, and she's like, "You're not acting like you're actually moving. Like you're." And he's like, "I'll get everything in the U.S. that I need." And he's just. I've, I said it last time. He gives me bad vibes to the point where I honestly feel like he, this is a, a future episode of Dateline 2020. This is, Emily, you need to get out now before you wind up on some show narrated by Keith Morrison. And, by the way, if you look at her Instagram account, because I follow her on Instagram, she basically posts no photos of Sasha, at least not recently, and he only has one or two of her on his account, and none, not a single picture of their child. It's all pictures of him, like, working out in the gym. 
I don't see this going well. I don't either. And I was kind of surprised that he's never, well, I guess I'm not that surprised that he's never met like her family or anybody from her family because she mentions that in the episode as well. She also mentions, though, that her family doesn't know that he's been married and divorced twice. And I love when people say things like that because you're on a television show and they are going to watch it and find out soon enough. So if it's something you don't want them to know, it never should have been discussed on the show. And in a preview for the upcoming episode it's like her saying to him listen i'm gonna have to go to work you're gonna have to raise the baby and he's like well can't your family help and she's like it's not the family's (laughs) responsibility this is your child i believe in all things in moderation so i kind of understand what he's saying a little tiny bit because obviously we have a young one and just the other day she had to take a bath and i was like oh we have an older daughter as well i'm like oh well she can give her the bath my wife's like what no you need to go give her a bath and i'm like oh well i thought you know it's family okay whatever everyone in. But let's not push the issue because I don't want to have a fight. So Sasha definitely is going to have to step it up. But I can understand his mindset of, oh, well, it's family. It's bonding. Like, the child can hang out with the family a little bit, right? It's very odd, though, to watch how this relationship has gone from when she was pregnant and... You couldn't tell her anything about her husband. Couldn't tell her anything. Fiance, I'm sorry. Now, all of a sudden, the baby has been born. She's seeing a very different side to him. You can tell she is frustrated. But then... They're in the cab on the way to the airport. She's having a meltdown. He's comforting her. And she's like, well, that's why I love him, because he's my rock. And I'm like, man, I don't know, Emily. Like, are you just trying to convince yourself that he has this sweet, sensitive side to him? Or is there just something we're not seeing? Because all we're seeing is this dick. And she's not fooled, because when they were getting packed, she was saying, you're not packing anything. It's like you are prepared to just up and leave at any moment, which is when he said, oh, I can buy stuff in America, which I also kind of agree with. I mean, you don't need to take a bunch of stuff. Well, and I would guess that the majority of his wardrobe in Russia (laughs) is just like huge winter coats that he's not going to need in Portland, Oregon. I mean, you need a rain jacket and you need some workout clothes and that's about it, right? He should be fine. And again, at the airport though, when they're saying goodbye to Sasha's parents, I don't know if you caught this, but Sasha's mom was like, I mean, I'm a little worried because I know Sasha and and when mom is saying things like that about you, that's when you know you're an asshole when your mom is doubting the viability of your relationship long term because she quote unquote knows how you are and i know he's leaving but i mean he was like super he was a mess he was a mess like even to his dad yeah and i did like what his dad said his dad was like you know go live a life that we don't have here this is your chance don't mess it up don't let us down make us proud and but i looked at sasha's dad and the scowl on his face and i was like okay well at least i know where he gets it from like <laughs> apple doesn't like a, fall far from the tree his dad was wearing like a little ninja t-shirt he was, looks like a fun guy he did not look like a fun guy to me i took a screenshot of his face and i was like oh he looks evil too now i get where sasha gets his serial killer vibes from <laughs> a new episode of 90 day fiance will air sunday night on tlc we'll be back next week with a new episode and don't forget to find the reality bites podcast on apple Podcasts, google play spotify iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts rate and subscribe